0: Well, hello. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. I'm always happy to see every single one of you, and I'm glad you came early because we're packed out today. We might have to start a second service very soon, so very nice to see. I can't... Oh, man. I cannot even recognize all the faces that I hear. It's amazing. Make sure to say hi before you leave, but uh, can we give glory to God for an amazing worship time that we had with Alan? What a beautiful time. I love it. I love it, and... Uh, we're gonna go into the Word of God. So this week I got older, and uh, our team came over to to really uh, wish me a happy birthday, and that brought me so much joy. Uh, I, I guess sometimes midlife crisis comes a bit earlier than uh, you know, because I just hit 27 right now, so it's been different. I guess it's things. But as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize how short life is and how short our moments together can be. And I'm starting to realize that we got to let go of the petty stuff. we got to let go of the unforgiveness. There's no time to waste on foolishness because God has a plan for us, and it's a good one. He has a future. He has a hope. He has a purpose you're here, there's a reason, there's a plan for you. He wants you to prosper but at the same time as much as God has wonderful plans for us, the enemy is also fighting against us. The enemy is always trying to discourage us. The enemy is always trying to limit us. Every time you try to do something for God, the enemy will try to bring an unexpected problem because that's how great, that great calling that God has placed in your life. The enemy will try to limit you, your calling, with depression or suicidal thoughts or addictions or paralyzing fear, worries about the future, insecurities, disappointments and distractions. And as I'm getting older, I'm thinking about the Gen Y, the Gen Z, the Millennials, my children. I mean, I'm in, the, in, in, in those generations too. But I'm thinking, are we really ready for the craziness that's coming and has come to this world? The end of the world is coming. It's not something that we should just be like, I don't want to think about that. But Jesus is coming back. Amen? Is that good news or is that bad news? The end of the world is a real thing. And for us, the challenge is how much are we in love with Jesus? We shouldn't come close to Jesus because we're scared to go to hell. We should come close to Jesus because of what He's already done for us. And the security that He brings to us, that we don't have to be afraid of the future. He wants us to walk closely with Him. Revival. Walking in revival. Walking in revival means walking consistently with our God daily. Not just on Sundays when we are together as a family, but walking closely with God. Being intimate with Jesus. Being led by the Holy Spirit. To see His power and His move in our lives. And yes, this generation is facing a lot of pressure. A lot of new and different challenges. A lot of issues. But Numbers 14.31, if we can have that up on the screen. Numbers 14.31 says, but your little ones, your children, but your little ones whom you said would be victims, I will bring them in. The world may look at the young people, and I include the young at heart in that as well. God may look at the young people and be like, you guys are a victim. Even we might look at the young ones and be like, you guys are a victim, but God is saying, I will bring them in. I will make them victorious because I am victorious. Amen. Your sons and daughters, this generation, your little ones, They are faced with so much pressures and seduction and convenient sins and God says, I will bring them in. In other words, don't be afraid about the future. Today's title is Radical Revival. And when I say Radical Revival, that might bring different thoughts to you, maybe some traumatic ones from radical meetings you've been to, but really the definition of radical means very new and different than the usual or ordinary can we talk about that today come on you know i love an interactive audience all right let's pray holy spirit we welcome your presence once again lord increase your presence here god let us not hear the voice of a man but lord speak to us heal us restore us as we've been worshiping god lord we thank you because you're the lion and the lamb god we thank you that we have a father who is compassionate who's loving who has placed greatness in us not for us to just hold it but to walk it out because you are in us you are for us and you want to work through us so god even as i open my mouth and i speak i pray holy spirit you speak to your children that they receive what they're here for a fresh manna from you that god that you help us to understand what this radical revival is so that we can walk in it to bring glory to you god in jesus name we pray amen amen I love the scripture from Acts 2 17 because God has chosen this generation as the generation that will fulfill this amazing promise from Joel. If you, yeah Acts 2 17 it says, in the last days God says I will pour out, can you read with me? I will pour out my spirit on, on who? All mankind. Your sons, come on, and daughters will? Okay. Your young man will see visions and your old man will dream dreams. God is promising us that our generation is not going to be buried in the wilderness, but He will bring them to the promised land. The verse 17, it says all mankind. If you look at different translations, it says all people or all flesh. Do, 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 are you people? Are you mankind? Do you got some? some flesh well that's you then point number one the revival that God has started in this season number one it's gonna be different write that down or memorize it because there's a quiz after point number one it's going to be different the revival God has brought to us in this season is a different kind of revival God is going to do it again but he's going to do it differently it's not going to be the same as before God is not in the, in the business of repeating God is not out of ideas and we've been studying the Welsh Revival and uh, John Wesley and Billy Graham and so many other revivals has taken place and we've had some of them in the last couple of weeks. But what God is going to do and is about to do and is doing is different because He's Creator God. Check this. God did not do in the Promised Land what He did in Egypt. He didn't just reformat it and, and, and rehash it. No. In Promised Land, in the Promised Land, there was no plagues. And so we got to understand that God is just not going to redo the same thing He did in Azusa Street or in the 94 Toronto Revival. His promises remain the same, but His methods will change. Because He keeps it fresh. Amen? Aren't you glad we have a fresh God? He's not a stale, boring God, but He's a God who does new things and He gives us new songs and a new day so that we can worship Him. His methods are fresh. Because His love for us is fresh. We've been talking about this, all these revivals and things like that. Not not for us to copy and and ask God to do it again in that same way. No, it's for inspiration. It's for us to be encouraged, but not for duplication. Because God is not in the business of repeating them. We see that He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In, 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 In each generation, we see that God increased. He didn't decrease. So it will be different. This revival that we're in is different. And it will fulfill Joel's prophecy. It will be different, but it will fulfill God's plans. It will be different, but it will fulfill His will in the last days. Amen? And we see Isaiah 43, 19. I love this verse too. It says, look, behold, I'm about to do something new. Come on, brace yourself, buckle up. I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? In other words, awake. Arise. This is your time. God is about to move differently in your life. It's not going to be the same thing. It's not going to be the same thing that you've seen. But God is about to do something different. So we got to stop comparing ourselves and say, God, make me like Billy Graham. Uh, You guys might not know who Billy Graham is. God, make me, who do you know? Make me like Kanye. (laughs) I want to use, make me like Stephen Furtick. But God is saying, I made you unique. Your calling is unique. You are the best, you are the most qualified person to be you. My fortune cookie said that. Seriously, I have it in my hand. You're the most qualified person to be you. You're like, wow, where's where that in the Bible? Fortune cookie said it. Please forgive me if you think fortune cookies are ungodly. I don't want to offend you. But you are the most unique person to be you so let's stop trying to pretend to be somebody else god qualified you because he has called you to be an influencer and maybe god is calling you to impact one of the major spheres of influence in society for the glory of god to impact the arenas god has given you a burden for don't just talk about it but start doing something about it it could be one of the seven mountains Could be education could be religion could be family could be business government military arts media entertainment it may not be standing on stage and preaching or preaching from the street corner but impacting one of these seven mountains of influence to advance the kingdom of God God does not want me to live on what he did in the past if we do that we become like Lot's wife we become a pillar of salt instead of people of salt. Mic drop woman, right there I would drop it but the mic is expensive so we had to do another fundraiser to get another mic. So if we dwell in the past and keep just looking to the past we become like Lot's wife who turned around to look to the past and she became a pillar of salt instead of people of salt that God is calling us. We no longer become a movement we become a monument. We begin to just celebrate what God did instead of what God is doing right now. God wants us to climb on the shoulders of the spiritual giants that we've seen and grown up with and the, and the moves of God and look forward to the promise. And then realize it will be different, but it will be better. Tell your neighbor right now, it's going to be different, but it's going to be better. Amen. I know it's, it's, it's challenging. It's dark. It may look hopeless. We may look like victims like we read in, earlier in Deuteronomy. We, we, may, we may look like we're small. And our parents, maybe they're spiritual giants. And they came out of Egypt. And they saw Pharaoh fall. And they saw the plagues. And they might be wondering about, are these little ones going to make it? But what God is saying, I will bring them in. God is promising that He will take you through victoriously. You may feel like a victim, but God sees you as a victor because God has a plan for you and it's a good one. Maybe the world looks at you and says, you're, you're, you're helpless, you're hopeless. Maybe you are standing and facing Goliath and Goliath, just like the way he insulted David, he might look at you and call you a dog or your own family might look down on you. Your own family might undervalue you, but God calls you a king. God calls you a queen. God calls you a conqueror. God calls you victorious because your heavenly father is victorious, amen. He's never been defeated. So the difference between the previous moves of God and the move that we're stepping into now, the revival that we're stepping into now is that the previous moves of God was based around a specific person, a man or a woman that God used powerfully. But that's not what God is doing now. And I see that happening already is that God is empowering people. We look at spiritual giants. How many of you know Heidi Baker? Wow, so many of you. How many of you know uh, Benny Hinn? Okay, even more. And, and we look at them and we're like, wow, they, should, they must have Holy Spirit Senior. I'm just little old me. I must have Holy Spirit Junior. Like they are the Baconator. They are the triple Big Mac and I'm just the Junior Chicken. There's no Holy Spirit Senior and Holy Spirit Junior. It's the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was working on this earth hundred years ago or a thousand years ago is the same Holy Spirit that you have access to right now. Acts 2 doesn't say, I will pour out my spirit, my spirit on Billy Graham and Bill Johnson and everybody that has the name Bill in it and Reinhard Bonkey. What we read in Acts 2 says on all people, on all mankind. So if you're mankind, that includes you. I'm mankind, so it includes me. God has called us. And so what God has begun to do in our generation, in our church, in this season, it's going to be different. And we're still going to press in and pray for healing. Amen. And I love that as a church that we have the faith to pray for healing and and the faith to pray for miracles. We're not going to stop doing that. We're going to command the demons to leave and and we will lay hands on the dead and we will pray and we will preach the gospel in whatever area of influence God has given us. We're not going to shrink back, but we're going to press in. But for that to happen this generation, we need to be aware and alert that we need to carry the ark the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant on our shoulders. That means that our mother's faith is not enough to carry us. We have to be responsible for our own intimacy with God. That means that the pastor or the connect group leader is not, they are not responsible for your intimacy with God. You have to be the one to carry the presence of God on your shoulders. Maybe you think you're not the pastor but that doesn't mean that you're not the priest. Like the donkey that carried Jesus, you've got to carry Jesus into your homes. You've got to carry Jesus into the church. You've got to carry Jesus into your workplace. Everywhere you go, like that donkey, be available for the presence of God. And we got to be sensitive not to offend the Spirit of God. And we got to be careful that we watch our lives. And this is the time where we've been called victims, but we will carry the presence of God in our earthly vessels. We will carry the presence of God and we will carry the glory of God and we will live with the awareness that His presence is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. We will walk into our homes and in our schools boldly and confidently knowing that He is with us with the awareness that God can use us, little old us, God can use to bring a word that can change the trajectory of somebody else's life. And as we follow Christ, signs and wonders will follow us. Amen? Let's stop running around behind signs and wonders and start running after Jesus because the signs and wonders will follow as we follow Christ the same presence that was with the revivalists of the past is on you now it's your time it's your time it's our time together the Joshua generation this generation God is saying this is your time it's the time that we step into a new season and the first thing God does When he moves us into a new season is that he starts cutting. He starts circumcising. Sorry guys, didn't mean to get graphic for all of a sudden. He wants us to be set apart. He wants us to return to our first love. Because God is bringing back consecration. He wants us to be dedicated to him. And I see that all night prayers are not going to be a rare thing anymore. All night prayers is going to be something that we're going to be doing normally, regularly i see that fasting is not going to be something that we do in february you know when you dread it when we start the daniel fast it's not going to be like that we're going to have this passion for jesus we're not going to fast and pray because we're in a a crisis we're going to fast and pray because we love jesus god is calling us to return to our first love god wants us to come back to consecration and you know when god begins to bring cutting into your life that's when You have stepped into a supernatural new season where Acts 2 is fulfilled. And I really see God reviving us through fasting and prayer. And we will talk about that and we we will do a, a fasting and prayer soon with the church. But God wants us to consecrate ourselves. God wants us to set ourselves apart for Him. Point number two. God is moving us from deliverance to dominion. There's a difference between the Joshua generation and the Moses generation. See, God didn't deliver them in the promised land. When God gave them the promised land, they were in it. But God didn't deliver them. God led them to exercise dominion. In other words, authority. I feel the Holy Spirit is is shifting us from being focused on deliverance to being focused on dominion, authority. We fully believe in deliverance. We fully believe in casting out demons. We fully believe in, in setting the captives free. All of that. And that's what Jesus told us to do. But check this. In Egypt, God delivers us from Pharaoh. But in the promised land, he empowers us over the Philistines. In Egypt, God comes and, and then we, we, we tell God, rescue us. We're being slaves. God, come and deliver us. So God comes and delivers us. But in the promised land, God doesn't do deliverance. God allows the enemy. You know why? Because that's the only way he can allow you to rise up in your calling. That's the only way you can rise up in the God-given authority. So that you can step into what you and I were originally created for. In Genesis, God did not bless Adam and Eve and told them that uh, they were created for deliverance. Because deliverance is not the goal. Deliverance is a means to a goal. The goal has been dominion. The goal has been authority. Paul says, and I summarize this from Romans five seventeen. that through their gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, you will, what? Reign in life through their gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, what does God want us to do? To reign in life. In this season, I'm feeling that God is shifting us from saying, God, deliver me. God is saying, rise up. I've given you authority. It's time for you to exercise your dominion. He's shifting our focus from deliverance to focus on dominion. I love movies and I've never seen a movie where the cops are running away from the 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 criminals have you they're like oh no they're coming like have you ever seen Shamar Lamar how do we say that in, his name Shamar Moore Shamar Moore you have you ever seen oh my goodness they're coming let's run no he's always going after the criminals and and sometimes as Christian we're like oh no the devil is coming let's run it doesn't work like that You are not a criminal that's supposed to run on this earth. You're a cop and the devil is the crafty bank robber that you're going after. Amen? It doesn't matter your age. You could be 27 like me or 50 or 10. It doesn't matter. The same authority God has given you. It doesn't matter. And if demonic things are happening in your house, don't call me. Pastor, the book is falling off the bookshelf weird stuff is happening pastor the bed is moving bed is like there's no earthquake but the bed is don't call me you rise up you rise up in your authority amen you rise up and you rebuke that devil you, you tell that demon get out of my house stop put the book back and get out there was a famous evangelist or a preacher the the, the demon i'm so sorry i'm really going like i'm not giving you any time to prepare for it i'm just like sorry Jesus is all-powerful. Amen? Come on. Jesus is all-powerful. There's no greater power than the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus is almighty. Amen? So there's nothing for us to be worried about. There's this preacher and uh, the, the, I need my wife to give me signals if I can continue with the story or not. But anyway, the the demon came and like messing around the room, the preacher is like, you clean this mess that you made and get out And Jesus. Actually, no, he said get out first. And he's like, no, no, come back. Clean this up and then go. True story. So when there's stuff happening, they'll be like, I gotta call the pastor. Pastor might be busy changing diapers and you're not gonna get the help that you need, but we have an almighty God who's there for us in our time of need. And he's given you the authority. So you rise up in the authority that Jesus has given you and you tell that devil to leave you alone or to leave whatever is going on, to stop that in Jesus' name. If you hear voices in the night, take authority in Jesus' name and rebuke it. If, you, if, there, if there's fear that comes at night, arrest it in Jesus' name and rebuke it. If, if there's sleep paralysis or whatever that you go through, just take authority in Jesus' name. Do you hear me? You don't say, God deliver me, He's already given you the authority in Jesus' name. You stand confident in the authority of Christ and you rebuke it in Jesus' name. So if God is not removing Pharaoh, that means you are in the promised land. And if you're in the promised land, God is empowering you to remove the enemy, the Philistines. God is empowering you to remove the voices. God is empowering you in Jesus' name to rebuke the depression. God is empowering you to 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 renounce the suicidal thoughts in Jesus' name. He is empowering you to resist what He does not remove. Amen. So maybe you're upset at God, and you're like, "God, why did you leave certain demons in my life?" Or we're like, "Why did you not just clean house fully?" And God says, "It's so that you can rise up in your authority in Christ, so that you can learn." To use your God-given authority. You'll never learn authority if God does everything for you. You'll never learn authority if God gets rid of all the demons. God will leave certain things, certain annoying things and maybe some demons around your life so that you can step into the promised land and exercise authority. Maybe in the past you cried out to God, Lord, deliver me. But I believe we're moving into a season of authority of dominion a season where god says i'm making you into soldiers and you're going to occupy this land in jesus name can we give a clap to jesus right now point number three build memorials to miracles not monuments to mysteries build memorials to miracles not monuments to mysteries So Joshua and the Israelites, they are going through the Jordan River and at the lowest point of the Jordan River, God tells Joshua and the Israelites to pick up the stones at the very bottom of the Jordan River. And he says, when you enter into the promised land, I want you to build memorial of of what I did so that you will remember that I did not let you drown at the lowest point of your problem. So when you see this memorial, when you look back in the wilderness, you will all you know the problem with us is when we look at our past, we always see the good things. We forget the pain, isn't it? Oh, we're like, Oh, we had it so good, you know, oh that relationship was so good. Or you know that car was so good. But somehow I don't know if it has to do with you know some some, some science matters, but we only remember the good things. But we don't remember the pain and, and the car breaking down every time and the car not starting or that relationship that was so terrible. But then we're like, oh, that's so good. The Israelites, they're traveling and they're like, Oh, we had onions back in Egypt, you know? The cucumbers too. Egyptians took good care of us, you know what I'm saying? That was so good. But what are we doing in the wilderness? They forgot a small detail that they were slaves in Egypt. And in the same way, we're like that too. When we look back, we always remember the good things, but we forget the bad things that happen. But he says, when you are in the promised land, I want you to build memorials to my miracles. Memorials to my miracles. Listen, church, you cannot live your life based on feelings. And maybe that's why we keep getting in trouble so much because we try to live our lives based on There will be seasons, there will be months where you will feel like God is not speaking to you, where you feel like God is far away. There will be seasons, months, where you feel like, I cannot feel God's presence. It's not because He left you. See, when a teacher stops talking, it doesn't mean the teacher is gone. It means the test has begun. Did you hear me? When the teacher stops talking, it's not the time to raise your hand and start panicking because you can fail for that. When the teacher stops talking, it's the time for you to bow down your head and begin to remember the last thing the teacher said before she went silent. In the promised land, God said that there will be moments where he won't speak. Maybe right now in your life, you're feeling like God is not speaking to me. That's why you build memorials to what he already did. So when he doesn't speak, you don't freak out. When you don't feel God's presence, you don't panic. So what do you do? You go back to what he did. Because in your mind, you built a memorial of what he did. Because if you don't do this intentionally, The devil, he's going to build monuments to the mysteries of why God did not do certain things in your life. And that's dangerous. Every single one of us, including me, I have things that I'm praying for that God hasn't met yet, that God did not do yet. And if I don't intentionally collect all the miracles that He did in my life, and what I've seen in other people's life, what the devil will do is he will build a monument of why God did not answer that prayer. Of, uh, he, will, he will build a monument of, of why God did not show up there. Or, or He will cause me to build a monument to mystery. And He will twist my theology and mess up my doctrine and kill my faith and discourage me and shatter my expectation and shut down my calling. So that's why in this season you've got to understand that God doesn't have to always make you feel good. Because God says, I have shown myself good in your life. When you were at the lowest point, when the enemy was coming behind you, I was there. When you thought it was hopeless, I was there. When you thought it was over, I was there. And God says, when you pass through that, collect a stone from there and put it. So when I don't speak, when you don't feel my presence, you have a point of reference to go back to. In your mind, you can remember a memorial to my miracles. Can we get real? Is that okay? There are things we prayed for. There were moments, many moments, when we prayed for a miracle, when we prayed for people to get better but didn't happen. It doesn't mean that God stopped healing. It doesn't mean that God doesn't do miracles. It doesn't doesn't mean that our prayers are wasted. So don't build a memorial to what God did not do. Build a memorial to every healing He did. You might be wondering, what about the mysteries? What about the, the, the prayers that didn't get answered? What about, I prayed and then the opposite happened? What about that? Put it in God's hands. But this great pain, put it in God's hands. You, I prayed, I fasted, I did all, put it in God's hands. We don't build monuments to mysteries, we build memorials to what He did. And as I wrap up, I want us to pray because many of us have gone through unimaginable pain even in recent times in the last few weeks and because of the pain depending how our strong our anchor is we might have gone away from God or we might have used the pain to come closer to God maybe we're building monuments of mysteries maybe we stop believing that prayer works maybe we start thinking that there's no point because God didn't answer me the way I expected him to. And you start thinking that it's all fake, it's all bogus because I prayed for somebody to get healed and it didn't happen. Or maybe today some of you have a broken heart because of 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 an expectation that didn't come through. Or you might be hurting because of a relationship and you're wondering how could God do this? Today God wants you to tell you to build a memorial to what He did do in your life. We make a big deal of what He didn't do. But He's telling you today, build a memorial of what I've already done. Even if it's a small thing, even if it's just one thing, begin to build that memorial. Because in this season, God is still with you. Even though you cannot hear Him or see Him or feel Him like before, He's still with you. He's still present and you are still his chosen generation. And what he said in Acts 2, he wants to make that come into reality through you. You're gonna fulfill his plans. You're gonna fulfill his purpose in your generation. Some of you might feel spiritually dry, but don't build a monument to mysteries. Build a memorial of his miracles. And today if we would allow God, He would come and destroy those ungodly monuments of mysteries that we built. And so I want to pray. Because these monuments we built out of our pain and out of our disappointment. If we allow it to continue, if we continue building monuments of mysteries, it's going to damage our faith. It's going to damage our future. It's going to damage, it's going to limit the calling of God in our lives. So today God is asking us, will we believe that He's called us for greatness? That He is able to do great miracles in and through us? That He will still use us mightily? And God is challenging you to step over the mystery and begin to build a memorial of His miracle. So we're going to pray together. I want to invite you to put your hand over your head, all eyes closed. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Thank you Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us, Lord. I'm going to pray and I want you to pray for yourself. Lord, I pray that you help us. Make it personal. Lord, help me to collect miracles. Lord, help me to collect miracles. Lord, help me to remember what you've done. Help me to find hope and strength knowing and remembering what you've done. Let me celebrate that, God. Let me let go. Of what you did not do. Lord, forgive me for being angry at you sometimes. For you not showing up the way I expect you to. Lord, forgive me, God. Help me to let go of the things that didn't happen. Or work out the way I thought it would. Lord, let me leave the questions with you. Lord, let me leave the whys. Why this? Why that? Let me leave all of those with you. Lord, let me focus on what you said before I hit this season. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you just like David. Lord, you gave me victory over so many things. You helped me kill a lion and a bear. Lord, you will help me to get through what I'm going through. You will help me when I'm facing Goliath. And even if you don't speak to me when I face Goliath, I still know you are with me. Even if you don't deliver me from the fiery furnace, I will only worship you, Lord. I will not bow down to anything else. Whether you save me or not, my heart is yours. Even when I don't feel your presence, and I don't have to feel it, because my Redeemer, He lives. Can you declare that this morning? My Redeemer lives. Yes, God. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. And I want to give an invitation. If you want to welcome Jesus into your heart. Before we start worshiping again. If you walked away from Jesus. Or if you've never welcomed Jesus as your personal Savior. Let's pray together. And then if you make this prayer. If you do this prayer. Come talk to us afterwards. And we would love to help you to continue to get closer to Jesus. Next level church, nobody prays alone. So let's put our hands on our hearts and let's pray. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. Lord, forgive me for being angry. Lord, I lay down my disappointments. And I realize that you call me for greatness. Because you are in me. You have given me the Holy Spirit. God, refresh me today. I am yours. My life is no longer mine but I surrender it to you. Lead me. Guide me. Be glorified through my life. Revive me. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give a clap to Jesus and let's worship God together.